and welcome to another episode of the Backcheck the Hockey History Podcast, where we uh, evaluate the cases of NHL players for the Hockey Hall of Fame. My name is Riley. I am your host, and I'm here with Bill. Hey, how you doing? Good. How about you? I'm doing all right, thanks. And uh, we were going to do the class of 1981, uh, but I made a mistake. Uh, so uh, instead, we are going to do a special um, episode uh, themed around the WHA. Uh, as we've been going through a few Hall of Fame classes recently, we've noticed there's there's a particular omission that we wanted to talk about, and we tried to come up with a theme to include other people to talk about in addition. Unfortunately, only two of those three players, uh, the three players we're talking about today, meet the theme. Uh, so the players we are talking about is are, are Riel Cloutier. Is it Riel or Riel? A Riel. Riel. Um, which is uh, this is a real uh, world. We're talking about Cloutier, Tardif, Mark Tardif, and. Uh, J.C. Tremblay, and and uh, two of the, we'll explain the theme as we go, but uh, I have something very weird to say about uh, Rayo Cloutier, and that is okay. that in, uh, uh, there is a, one of my favorite albums of all time is uh, a prog rock opera called The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway by Genesis, and mm. uh, the main character's name is Rayo, but it's spelled, the op- literally the vowels are flipped because he's British, and <laughs> trying to, trying to pronounce the word rail i don't know if it's supposed to be french or not but it's r-a-e-l as opposed yeah. to r-e-a-l anyway yeah, that has I nothing to do with that anything Rayel, not Rayel, you know like yeah but <laughs> yeah and it, well i mean i don't rail i don't know how you'd pronounce it depending yeah. what language i mean the thing is i think he's supposed to be spanish the character okay. um puerto rican specifically anyway uh that has nothing to do with anything but i just uh I decided to voice that on all of you. So uh, the theme is WHA players who won major awards in the WHA and won Stanley Cups. And uh, our first player, uh, Cloutier, does not meet that banner, but he was one of... uh, There are multiple award winners in the WHA specifically. And uh, Cloutier does meet that criteria. We couldn't... There was... uh, We couldn't actually find a third player, so it was between... Cloutier and Ralph Backstrom, and Backstrom's career is significantly worse than Cloutier's, especially when it comes to the WHA. So, um, though he had a slightly better career in the NHL, but like, uh, as an aside, I mean, we may talk about Backstrom in the future, but I rem- I used to listen to sports talk radio when I was younger, and I remember a guy calling on claiming that Ralph Backstrom had a great Hall of Fame case. It was outrageous <laughs> he was in the Hall of Fame, and I, at the time I didn't get around to looking at it. And I can tell you, it is not a great Hall of Fame case. The only case is that he won a bunch of Stanley Cups with the Habs, on which he was mostly a second or third line player. So are, a little bit like sure? Claude Provost. Are you sure it wasn't Ralph Backstrom himself going in? It quite possibly <laughs> was, yeah, for all I know. Um, all right, so uh, we're, uh, Cluche, uh, he played in the NHL from 1979 to 85, so six seasons. Uh, that is not why we're talking about him. He obviously played in the WHA before that, but we're going to talk first about his NHL career. Um, so he only had 146 goals, 198 assists, and 344 points, but he did that in 318 games, so well over a point-per-game player, plus 16, actually, which is a surprise given who he played for, um, which is the uh, uh, Nordiques. And then the uh, mid-80s uh, Sabres, who were, you know, not the 70s Sabres, <laughs> put it mildly. Um, but he, he really doesn't look that great in the era he played in. Of the uh, hundreds of skaters who play in at least 318 games between 79 and 85, he's 60th in goals, 75th in assists, and 65th in points. However, 
as someone who was often injured and the reason his career was so short is he was injured all the time. He's 31st in goals per game. So that's like almost twice as good. 34th in assists per game. So well over twice as good and 24th in points per game, which is well over twice as good. Sometimes we've talked about often injured players and it, it, the per game stats bump them up into like the top, um, you know, 15 even, but with him, it's just, he's a top 25 player of that era by points per game, but that's it. Um, he's also 128th and plus minus 50th in offensive point shares. He's not in the two, top 200 in defensive point shares and he's 93rd in point shares. So he's far from one of the great players of his era. And really it's, there's just one season in the, his one NHL season in which he was, you know, up to anything close to his WHA standards. However, his 82 game average is 89 points, 38 goals plus four. That is quite good. Of course, it's the early 80s, so everybody was doing that, and that's that's the thing that really needs to keep in mind. His uh, three year peak was an 80 game average of 43 goals and 98 points plus 11, which is would be in any other era extraordinarily impressive. Uh, in the early 80s, it's it's 79-82 is is three year peak. Uh, it's just not. You know, it doesn't even get him among the very best. Like, uh, this is at the time when Dion was scoring like 100, almost 140 points, and Gretzky was destroying the records. Um, I think 82 actually might have been the highest scoring season in NHL history. It's 81 or 82, I don't remember which. His playoff numbers are, you might suspect, kind of paltry. 22, oh, sorry, 12 points in 25 games, so a dramatic drop in his scoring uh, from the regular season playoffs. Minus 22 but of course he was with the Nordiques and the Sabres and they would get base most years, except for that one year, the Nordiques went far. They would just get shelled uh, and, and, and lose. Um, so it's not a surprise. His, uh, he's actually only, he's a, only a minus two with Buffalo. Though it was a very brief playoff appearance. He's minus 20 with the Nordiques. Um, and most half of that comes from that uh, famous Nordiques uh, conference final run in 82. Um, so obviously he's not in it. Like he has no per game uh, leaderboard stats of uh, the hundreds of skaters playing at least 20 playoff games between 79 and 85. He's 110th in playoff goals, 74th in goals per game. If he qualified, which he doesn't, but that is significantly better. He's not even in the top 200 in assists, but he's 185th in uh, a per game. If he qualified, he doesn't. 169th in playoff points, 129th in playoff points per game. Doesn't qualify for that qualifier, of course. Uh, not in the top 200 and plus minus because, of course, he's minus 22, and he's not in the top 200 in playoff games. He, you know, he did not have a great uh, NHL playoff existence. That's a lot to do with the teams he played for, but also he just, you know, his one, his one good playoff team. He, he did not, um, he did not have a great playoff. Uh, hockey reference adjustment for era um, bumps him down 19 points per 82 games to 70. So that is like, and that's partly because he played in the highest scoring era, one of the two highest scoring eras of all time. So that is, I think only bossy is the only other person, uh, Bill, that we've seen drop down that many with the hockey reference adjustment for era. minus 19 is like just, it's so much. Uh, he also doesn't qualify for the versus X uh, adjustment because he didn't score enough. So uh, all we know is that like hockey reference really thinks that his numbers in the NHL are not serious, you know, um, like down to 29 goals and 70 points per 82 games, which is like very borderline. We've talked about a few players who scored that little, who we think might belong. 
if this is the adjusted number and that's usually because it has something to do with something they did either the uh, defensive reputation or because you know some playoff success so you know his NHL case is looking bad um but that's not why we're talking about him of course uh so there's one trade to talk about and that at 26 he was only 26 um he was traded with a first rounder who became adam Creighton uh, to buffalo for tony mckegney uh who's 25 a jf Sauve, i think it's Sauve, uh andre savard and a third liner uh and this trade was because the nordiques were i think pretty sure that he was mostly done as a player even though he was only 26 and um and I guess the Sabres were taking a flyer on him. He would only play 82 games for the Flyers before retiring due to in his various injury problems. And he was, I don't think he was quite 28 when he retired. So he is one of the, uh, though his NHL numbers are uh, considerably less impressive than you might expect from someone who was such a dominant WHA player. Um, he is, a, a, you could sort of say, great, what if, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know what the injuries were that, uh, derailed his career but like this is a guy who he never played a full season in the in any league uh as an adult and um you know he was his career was over at age 27 so it's possible that if he didn't have all the injury problems we would be talking about someone's a very different career now the reason we're talking about him at all is because of his WHA numbers he played for five seasons from 74 to 79 so one year shy of the entirety of the league's existence he is third all-time in goals the only two people ahead of him are mark tardiff who we're about to talk about and bobby hull he is 11th all-time in assists he's tied fourth all-time in points behind only andre lacroix uh mark tardiff and bobby hull and he's ninth all-time in plus minus which is a big change from the nhl he played 369 games scoring 566 points it is the wha expect video game numbers when the league ended, he was second all-time in goals per game, behind only Anders Hedberg, um, who, of course, had a similar uh, coming down to earth uh, when he went to the uh, NHL, but and also had uh, was also plagued by all sorts of injury problems. These these WHA players and their injury problems. Um, and he's second all-time in points per game behind Bobby Hull. So he is, at least by goals and points per game, one of the best couple players in. Uh, WHA history and notably higher up in the per game uh, uh, per game stats than Mark Tardiff, who we are going to talk about shortly. Um, it's not really, at least through the hockey reference stat head, it's not really easy for us to calculate an era for WHA numbers. They don't, um, their database isn't sortable for that, so uh, searchable and sortable. So um, we didn't do that, but his 82 game average in the WHA is 125 points 63 goals plus 30 that is his entire career average for that league his three-year peak from 76 to 79 is a whopping 80 game average of 70 goals think about that 70 goals in 80 games it's insane 142 points plus 30 so almost two points per game not quite but getting there and very close to a goal per game um insane level of dominance obviously this is a uh semi you know a league somewhere between the minors and the majors um people's opinions vary but his numbers are insane they're just batshit crazy 
uh, playoff numbers. He's fourth all-time in goals behind only Bobby Hall, uh, Gordie Howe's son, Mark, who was still a winger when he was in the WHA, as we talked about in that episode, and Anders Hedberg. He's 14th all-time in assists, and he's 7th all-time in playoff points. That's 63 points in 48 games. He is a plus four, but it's worth noting that the WHA, because it was a bit of a Mickey Mouse league, they didn't calculate uh, goal differential all the time. So there's some there's 12 of those playoff games we don't know is plus minus, so the plus four is kind of a guess. Um, at the dissolution of the WHA, Cluche was fourth all-time in playoff goals per game behind only Mike Walton, which is a really thing, uh, weird, uh, thing you're not expecting to hear that Mike Walton is first all-time in uh, <laughs> WHA playoff goals per game. That's another story. Anders Hedberg and Bobby Hull. So he's in the same like rarefied group of a couple people. He's 10th all-time in playoff assists per game and 6th all-time in playoff points per game. Again, we cannot calculate any uh, kind of era uh, thing, but you know he was, he was there for five of the six years. Um, he was also never traded because he was one of the best players in the league, and why the hell would the, uh, would the uh, Quebec Nordiques trade him? when he was that good. So his NHL all-star accomplishments, NHL accomplishments are very limited. He had an all-star game appearance. Um, let me just look up what year that was. I, I assume this was a, uh, it was 80. Was 80 his best season in the league? Um, 80 was his second best season. I, I, I do wonder if the all-star game appearance in 80, I think it might've been before Stastny got there. I can't remember. It could also have been like sort of a, this guy was one of the best WHA players ever. We want him, like, sort of acknowledge him. He was top 10 in goals per game once, never top 10 in goals. He was top 10 in assists per game once, again, never top 10 in assists because of his injury problems, and he was top 10 in points per game once. That was his one good season, um, which was uh, 19... Uh, let me see where it was. I think it was 1982. It was Actually, it was 1980. Um, that year he went to the All-Star game, which makes some sense. Uh, he actually had a better better totals uh, two years later, but in 80, I think the scoring qu- hadn't quite exploded at the level of got to 82. So why the hell are we talking about him? Again, WHA, he won the Bill Hunter uh, twice. Uh, the Bill Hunter is the uh, WHA Art Ross. Um, so he won the scoring title. So it's not a voted on award, but it's still, uh, he was he did lead the league scoring. Weirdly, um, he only he, this is uh, he he made the uh, first team all star only once despite winning the art, the WHAR Ross twice and he was a second team all star uh, three times so if you're counting that's four of his five seasons of the league he was an end of team all star and a uh, season all star team member he led the league in goals once he led the league in goals per game once he was top five almost every season he was the league in both of those categories. He is one of only two players to score 75 goals in the WHA. He actually had, uh, I believe it was 77. No, 75. Uh, Bobby Hull is the only other player to do that. He's also one of only uh, two uh, WHA players to score 65 goals twice. The only other player is Mark Tardif, who we're about to talk about. And he's the only WHA player in history to score 60 goals three times or 55 goals four times. Um, So he had four incredible seasons and won his rookie season. Uh, was not incredible. He was actually less than a point-per-game player, but he was 18. So we can't really blame him for that. But for the uh, four years when he was really an adult, he was, uh, as a goal scorer, just insanely dominant. Yeah, no kidding. Jeez, it's like, I did, I had no idea his WHA numbers were going to be that good, and it's like, <clears throat> sort of like that thing, right? Like, if, 
we didn't have guys who were WHA dominant already in uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame, then maybe you'd say, well, you can't count those numbers. But those are really impressive numbers yep. to go along with, you know, cups in the NHL. Like, it's it's a pretty compelling case. If we're going to put in some WHA guys, he's got one of the better cases. I certainly think better than the other guys that we've covered, other, uh, other obviously Bobby Hull. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Hedberg, the thing about Hedberg and Nilsson is they left. After a yeah. few years, right? So they're they've got the crazy per game, but they don't have the totals because they yeah. were only in the league for like three or four years. And yeah, Luce. but he's at least he's at least in that category, right? Like yeah. you yeah. got you got to assume he was as dominant as those guys were, or at least close to it, and maybe for a longer period of time. Well, also he's a goal scorer, whereas those guys, especially Hedberg, was a Hedberg was a passer, and like yeah. you can sort of as much as personally aesthetically, I prefer passers to goal scorers as just a fan. <laughs> Uh, that's yeah. always what I've been attracted to. I do think like goal scoring at, when you come down to it is depending on how the goals are scored, of course. And I didn't yeah. watch Kluge play. I was not alive when the WHA existed. Uh, goal scoring is often the more impressive feat because it's um, especially if you're, you know, if, if you're scoring them like Anderchuk, it's not uh, necessarily. <laughs> I'm not to say that Anderchuk wasn't really good at what he did, but like if you're just standing in front of the net and, and ha- knocking in rebounds, you know, um, that's, that's one thing, but if you're like yeah. really creating, uh, the goals, you know, it's, it's, especially in the WHA, it's easy to have gaudy assist numbers, especially from secondary assists because the scoring was so high, but this guy was like, like I said, he, he scored 55 goals for the five seasons he was in the league and nobody else, even Bobby Hull, who is like, was yeah. old, but was like one of the couple dominant players in the WHA has not done that. Um, yeah. Well, one thing too before we move on, just not to shit on Andrew Chuck too hard. That that is a really hard thing to do. Otherwise, everyone yeah, no, would be I know. able to do it, right? Like, no, absolutely. Kind of like, like a guy like um, what's his pickle there, uh, uh, Brendan Gallagher for the Habs right now. Like the guy's little, but he takes such a beating in front of the net. But there's yeah. a there's a high degree of skill to be having a guy cross checking you and you're like tipping the puck or putting yeah. in the rebound at the same time, like. And like I'm totally on team. I don't think Andrew Chuck should have been in. He just played forever. However, at what he was good at, he was really good at it for, I, for I, a good good period of time. Yeah. When I was younger, I went through a phase of thinking that Holmstrom should be inducted not as a player, but almost as a builder for like sort of his, you know, how he like helped revolutionize the the tipping, you know, yeah. uh, making tipping such a big uh, part of the game. Um, you know, at least for me, based on when I watched, I mean, I, I could be completely, I mean, I've abandoned this point of view, I should say, but at the time, you know, he, he seemed to be better at it than just about anybody except for maybe Ryan Smith and like, and it felt like a, a, an innovation. I mean, Andrew Chuck obviously did stuff like that too, but like, it's basically all Holmstrom did, right? Like, yeah, Yeah, you can can see a lot of guys doing stuff that, that, that Holmstrom did too, right? Like, yeah, he would. He would like get himself in front of the goalie and then make sure like he's not even watching the play. He looks down to make sure his skates are outside the blue paint. So he's not going to get a goalie interference. Like, yeah, like really like smart. And then you've seen so many players do that since. Right. Yeah. And it was like a lot of people be like, he's a one trick pony. Like he's just like a third liner or whatever. Be like, yeah, but like if you've got a guy like Lindstrom shooting the puck and he's just ever so slightly in the goalie's way for that half a second, that's all it takes. And it's just 
but you take a beating doing that, and sometimes you get hit with your own player's slap shots. And, yeah, yeah. Know, I think, I think Gallagher good... broke his hand twice getting hit by Theodore slap shots. <laughs> just... Yeah. Yeah. It's, Sorry, it's, I, said, uh... I said Theodore. I meant uh, I meant Shea Weber. Thinking of the yes. wrong Shea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so the the other things to mention about uh, Kluge are that he he was of course he wasn't a a, a major passer as we said he was only top five in assists twice and top 10 three times he was top five in assists per game twice and top 10 three times and he only managed uh this is not that crazy in the WHA he only managed 70 assists twice that would be impressive in the NHL it's not in the WHA however he did lead the lead in points twice as I mentioned he was top five all of his good seasons he led the league in points per game once but he was top five three of his four good seasons and top 10 all of his good seasons it's also worth noting he somehow scored 140 points once um, one of only four players in WHA history, and they are Mark Tardif, Andre Lacroix, and Bobby Hall. And uh, he had 120 points three times, so three of his five seasons in the league. And the only other player that do that is Ulf Nilsson, um, who, of course, we talked about earlier. And 110 points four times, and there are only two other players to ever do that, Nilsson and Lacroix. And it's worth noting that Kluge was the goal scorer. Those two guys were more passers. He's also top five in plus-minus once, top ten twice. So... Um, he doesn't fit in our theme because unlike Tardif and Trombley, he never won a cup in the NHL, unfortunately. Uh, they did, uh, the Nordiques went to, uh, the conference finals in 82, um, and lost, I believe, to the Habs. It's a famous series. Uh, however, Kluge was not at his best, uh, and he, his numbers are top six numbers. Um, I don't know how many minutes he was playing but he was already starting to like wear down physically. And so he was outscored by uh, all three Stasny's and Michelle Goulet. Uh, and he also tied uh, Wilf Paymont, uh for points in that series. So he really did not have a great, great playoff. However, in the WHA, uh, he did win a, um, an Avco. Um, he was a top three forward by points on the 77 Nordiques and as, as well as a conference finalist on the 79 Nordiques. He was also very clearly the best player on the 78 Nordiques that lost in the conference finals, um, scoring 16 points in 10 games in that uh, playoff, um, which, interestingly enough, his line mate was Mark Tardif. A lot of overlap with these guys, and their center was uh, Serge Bernier, who's a guy we haven't uh, talked about yet, but Maybe in the future, if we do another WHA episode, he might get some attention. Um, but yeah, they lost. Uh, they lost to uh, the New England Whalers, who might have been the team Bobby Hall was on at that point. Certainly, it was the team that um, Mark Howe was on. Anyway, I think. Um, yeah, and, and then, then they must have had Gordy as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe they did. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, uh, the '75 Nordiques also went to the Avco Cup final, but this is the year that. Uh, Cloutier was uh, 18 only, so he doesn't. He was not a major uh, player of that team that went to the Africa Cup final in 75 and lost to. I'm just looking up who they lost to. They lost to the Houston Arrows. Um, that actually might have. I don't know who was on the Houston Arrows. Let me look. That might have been the Hedberg Nilsson team. Uh, no, no, they were in the Jets. Oh no, this was the the Arrows were actually uh, the Howes as well. So I think they might have switched partway through. Um, that was when Mark Howe was only 19 and his father was 46, which is crazy. All right. So, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I'm certainly very okay with him not being in the Hall of Fame, given how we uh, regard 
um, uh, regard WHA players. I used to be, I used to feel very differently um, about this, but yeah. uh, when I was younger, but like, I just think that like the WHA numbers, WHA numbers are so, um, they're so video gaming and they're really hard to compare. And like, if you look at his NHL career, he was a point, uh, it was a, sorry, I was just finding it. Uh, he was a one a point per game player, but in the WHA, he was a uh, 1.5 points yeah. per game player. And the point per game player, I mean, if he had done this, let's say he was five years younger. Yeah. And he'd put up one point per game in the 70s, in the early 70s, and then gone yes. to the WHA and done this. I would be much more inclined yeah. to say I yes. I 100% agree, yeah. It's it's almost like his numbers came from sort of two, two video gamey sort of leagues, right? Yeah, like, yeah. But with the NHL being a better one. Um, yeah. but you know, it could be like different ice time as well. Right. Like, yeah, we have no idea how much ice time yeah. he played. Um, and so that mentioning a player who played in the seventies is a good segue to Mark Tardif, who of course we go. is is older and played in the NHL before and after the WHA. He played of course with Real Gucci. Um, but he, he is the reason we're talking about him second is because he's got a better case uh, for uh, two reasons. Uh, one of which is that he actually, he won more awards, if you can believe it, uh, in the, uh, um, in the uh, WHA than Kluche did. And also uh, we'll, we'll get to the other reason. So he played in the NHL from 69 to 73. And again, from 79 to 83. So that's eight seasons and seven quality by points per game. But of course in the eighties, the points per game stuff's all skewed. He scored 194 goals, which is um, about 50 more than Kluche. He had 207 assists, which is barely more than Kluche and 401 points, which is like a whole bunch more than Kluche plus 23 in 517 games. So unlike Kluche, he's not a point per game player in the NHL, but again, worth noting, uh, he played in the early 70s as well, in late 60s and early 70s, unlike Kluche, at least half of his career there. Of the 195 skaters to play in at least 164 games or two modern seasons between 69 and 73, Tardif is 49th in goals, 35th in goals per game if he qualifies, which he doesn't, which is higher. 94th in assists, but 82 in assists per game, again, doesn't qualify. Uh, 71st in points and 55th in points per game. So it's notable that he's better relative to his competition in his NH first NHL stint than Kluche was. Um, 43rd and plus minus, 60th in offensive point shares, uh, the 41st forward in defensive point shares, and 87th in point shares, 105th in games. So much like Kluche, not playing full seasons. And then when he came back, three more seasons, 246 games, 180 skaters, 39th in goals, so much, much higher than Kluche, 31st in goals per game. Again, he doesn't actually qualify. We've lowered the qualifiers to uh, evaluate him. 81st in assists, but 61st in assists per game. 59th in points, but 43rd in points per game. So um, relative to his competition, at least in points per game, um, nowhere near as good as Kluche, uh, but also uh, better, I believe, in terms of goals per game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let me just pull that up. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, about the same, actually. In fact, they seem to have tied. Uh, for goals per game, which is fascinating. Um, his 82 game average for his entire NHL career is uh, 64 points, 31 goals, plus four. So much lower than Kluche's, but that is spread across uh, two different eras. 
and his 80 game peak uh or sorry his three-year peak uh, 80 game average is 39 goals and 79 points minus 14 so significantly worse than Cluche in the exact same time period but the important thing to note is he was much older right he was born well, Tardif was born in uh in 49 Cluche was born in 56 so you know when when they both rejoined uh, the NHL on the, the Nordiques, uh, Tardif was significantly older. He was 30, and Cluche uh, was like 25 or 24. So playoff-wise, uh, 13, uh, 28 points in 62 playoff games, which is not great at all. Minus 10, it's not quite as bad as Cluche's, but it's not great. Of the 37 skaters playing at least 40 playoff games between 69 and 73, he's 18th in playoff goals. 16th in playoff points per game if he qualified, which he doesn't, which is quite impressive. Uh, 30th in assists, uh, 29th in assists per game. Um, but he, of uh, we expanded the qualifier, and he would actually be second last in that of uh, that group of players. So it doesn't uh, look great. 22nd, or sorry, 23rd in points and 22nd in points per game. Again, he'd be right down at the bottom of that list uh, of the people who would qualify and 23rd in plus minus um, because he was, uh, well, again, it's it's about who qualifies. Um, and oh, played the fewest games of any of the players who qualified for any of those leaderboards. Or, sorry, uh, qualified for our sample because he didn't qualify for the leaderboards. Uh, that was 69-73, uh, uh, rather. In 79-83, in uh, he's way, way down. 143rd in playoff goals, 138th in playoff assists, 148th in points. Scored so few points that we didn't bother to do the per-game stuff because there were really very little. The hockey reference adjustment for era bumps him down to a really, really low 54 points per 82 games. Um, that's 10 uh, fewer points. Uh, actually, it's 12. I don't know why I wrote 10. Um and uh, it's uh, no, it is ten. I, I can't read. Um, and uh, so, fifty-four points per eighty-two games. I mean, I don't think we've been, we've talked about a single player who wasn't a defenseman who we think belongs. Maybe oh, I guess Ganey um, would be the only one. Uh, that's a really, really low number. And again, would make you wonder uh, if we hadn't already explained it, why the hell we're talking about him. However. He played for the entirety of the existence of the WHA. And in doing so, he is second, or sorry, he's first, my apologies, he's first in goals um, all time. He is uh, third in assists behind um, behind Andre Lacroix and JC Tremblay, who we're going to be talking about in a minute. And he is uh, second in points with an amazing, amazing 666 points in his 446 games and that just tickles me to no end i love that and andre lacroix is uh higher than him but of course Andre Lacroix um has like a pr- absurd number of assists and so he's like i don't know 132 points ahead of him <laughs> but that's that's uh because of uh the wha assists anyway uh tardif is fourth all-time in goals per game uh, ninth all-time in assists per game and third all-time in points per game. And the points per game, uh, he is behind Bobby Hull and Cluche, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just pull that up. Uh, indeed. Those are the only two players he's behind. Um, so, again, we couldn't figure out the error because of the 
the fact that this stuff is not in the same level of uh, searchable databases as NHL numbers. Um, however, his 81 game average is 121 points plus 21, which is just uh, quite, quite bonkers. Uh, Kluche's, uh for comparison was 125, so even even better. Um, and then the three-year peak for Tardif, though, is even better than uh, Kluche's. Kluche's three-year peak was 142.70 goals. Uh, Tardif's is 150 points, 68 goals, plus 29. Um, this is just... Uh, it's, they're absurd video game numbers. You know, we're talking about very, very close to two points per game in that peak. His playoff numbers are not as good um, as Kluche's. Uh, he is... 27, or sorry, ninth all-time in playoff goals, 12th all-time in playoff assists, and ninth all-time in playoff points. Um, that's uh, 59 points in 44 games. He's sixth all-time in playoff goals per game. He's fourth all-time in assists per game behind only Ulf Nilsson, Serge Bernier, and somebody named Larry Lund, who I'd never heard of. Um, and he's fourth all-time in playoff points per game uh, behind Nilsson, Bernier, and Hedberg. That is worth noting that even though his totals are... Um, maybe not as uh, impressive as um, Kluche's. His assist per game in particular uh, bump him up to actually being a better per game player over the course of the WHA in the playoffs than Kluche was. So in the NHL, he managed one all-star game appearance in 1982, which I believe was his best total, um, his best NHL season. I'm just pulling up. He scored, yeah, not, I mean, I don't know why he made the all-star game. This might have been a, um, a sort of a valedictory, you know, you, you think your career is going to be over soon, all-star game appearance, because he only scored 70 points. He only scored uh, 35 goals once, uh, but he had 20 goals six of his eight seasons, um, which is something, I guess. And he had 50 points uh, six of his eight seasons, only had 70 points once. His, his totals in the uh, NHL are significantly less impressive than... Um, Kluches, on the other hand, he really didn't play a lot, even though he played eight seasons, you know, he played 517 games. Uh, Kluche played, um, six seasons and played in 318 games. They both missed a fair amount of time. Uh, Tardif obviously was just not, could be age, who knows? He did not have the same peaks, minor peaks, but still. However, in addition to winning the Art Ross uh, equivalent in the WHA twice. He also won the Gordie Howe Trophy, which is the uh, WHA equivalent of the Hart, and he won it twice. That is something Kluche never did. He was also a first-team All-Star three times instead of once, and he was a second-team All-Star twice, or sorry, once. So uh, it's, it's four times out of six seasons in the league. He's on the end-of-season All-Star team. He led the league in goals twice. He led the league, uh, league in WHA, or sorry, in WHA, in, in goals per game twice. He was top 10 every season he was in the league in both goals and goals per game, which is quite impressive. Um, he's one of only four players ever to score uh, 70 goals, which is a whole Kluche we just talked about, and Hedberg. Uh, he was one of uh, only uh, two players along with Kluche, who, as we said, just before uh, who scores 65 goals twice, 50 goals three times, 40 goals every season. He was in the league. His goal scoring peak is not quite as impressive as uh, Kluche's. However, he actually was more of a passer. Uh, so he led the league in uh, than, than Kluche, I should say. Uh, he led the league in assists twice as well and top five in assists per game three times. He was top 10 four times in both categories. He also had 80 assists once and only one of three players ever to do that in the WHA. The other two are Lacroix and Ulf Nelson. 
Uh, he had 50 assists four times because, you know, um, he did, uh, he was more consistent goal scorer than he was a passer. He led the WHA in points twice, as I said. He was top 10 uh, four times. He also led the WHA in points per game twice. He's the only player to have 150 points in WHA history. He's the only player to have 140 points twice in WHA history. He had 70 points every season in the league. Uh, he was in the league, which sounds less impressive, uh, 80 points five times, 90 points four times. So his peak of these three seasons was, was just, um, kind of mind-blowing. And then lastly, the one thing, uh, one thing that might give him a leg up on his Hall of Fame case in the NHL is that he won two Stanley Cups, not one, but two Stanley Cups with the Habs. On um, the 73 Cups, uh, on the 73 um, uh, Canadians who we were talking about uh, with Cornway uh, last episode, he was uh, a top six forward by points. We have no idea what the ice time. And then earlier in 71 uh, Habs, he was a top nine forward by points. But it's worth noting he was only 21 years old, and the Habs were, of course, extremely deep. He also uh, was a top nine forward by points on the 82 Nordiques, that same team that Kluge, um was a top six forward on. However, uh, Tardif was 32 when that was happening. Uh, he was probably the best player on that Nordiques team that I mentioned, the 75 Nordiques, or Kluge was too young to really play a major role. Um, I'll just pull up 75. I'll just pull up uh, to see who the other potential best player would have been. Um, oh, uh, Richard Brodeur had a 9.13 save percentage that season or that playoff. So given it's the WHA, I was kind of thinking like, well, maybe actually Brodeur might deserve it because um, 9.13 in the WHA seems really high to me. I don't know if it was, but it, it feels high. Uh, <laughs> I guess I could look to see whether or not it was. Um, it was certainly... Uh, it looks it looks like it was probably quite high uh, because his other playoff save percentage was 882. <laughs> so it's a significant improvement. Um, and then uh, he was a, one of the uh, three best players uh, by points, three best forwards on the Nordiques team in 78 that went to the conference finals. In 77, the team that won, in which Kluge had a, a, a fairly big role, Tardif had a smaller role. Um, but I have an asterisk next to it. Oh yeah. Cause he was hurt. Yeah. So, uh, he, uh, he missed five games, um, on that run to the, uh, to the AFCO cup. Um, and he was still over a point per game player, but everybody was a point per game player, <laughs> uh, or at least all the, all the main forwards were. So it's hard to know, um, without ice time, what kind of role he was playing. Cause he did miss like a third of the games to injury. And then lastly, he was on, uh, unlike uh, Kluge, who was too young, he was on the Summit Series team, the WHA one that lost to the Soviets. Uh, he did not score very much. I honestly have no idea uh, who, uh, like, I, I know nothing about the series. I have no idea who he would have been playing with or anything like that. So, not obvious, but certainly a slightly better case, I think, than uh, is given the cup wins. Uh, how do you feel? Sorry, go go ahead. Uh, how do you feel? It's a more, little more. Uh, it's a little better case than Kluge's because of the cups, I think. It's yeah, still. Yeah, it's, 
he has he has more NHL success than I feel like a like sort of a stronger career. Might just be sort of luck of being on the right team too, though, right? So yeah, being on the Hems. Um, yeah. I would say he's got a slightly better case, but it's I don't think it's miles better. Um, the only real difference is the cups and the fact that he won the the WHA heart twice. That's right. Like, yeah, those are really the only two differences. Um, yeah. Well, the, the the hearts matter though, so yeah, maybe his case is. Uh, the, the thing is, the stat the stats for Kluge are good, so it's like it's, uh, it makes it a little bit tricky. Yeah, the one thing I'd say again, like we talked about with uh, with Kluge, is like there's a significant drop off in points per game. He, uh, you know, uh, Tardif played the whole time in the WHA. He has a 1.49 points per game in the WHA, which is slightly less than Kluge's, but of course he played extra seasons or at least one extra season, um, and he was and he was an adult the whole time. Uh, yeah. But then he. But then he's he's up he's got a better uh, total points per game than uh, Kluche does for his yeah or sorry no no he doesn't I'm sorry he's he's off he's he's lower he's point seven eight not um okay my mistake uh so I mean I don't I mean to me it's this guy he's interesting because we have him in the NHL in his early twenties and we have him in the NHL in his early thirties so we have a better a larger sample of what he could have done in the NHL and yeah. like. Like you said, Bill, we don't really know. Like maybe if he's on a, maybe he's on a different NHL team, he doesn't have the cups. But maybe he also has better numbers as a person. Maybe young. yeah, he gets he gets more ice time. He's on a top yeah. line instead of a second line. Yeah. yeah, if he's on like the North Stars or somebody, maybe he's actually putting up <laughs> better numbers. I, yeah, I absolutely. Assume, without knowing, I assume his ice time went crazy when he got to the WHA. I could be wrong. Oh, must have been, yeah. Because he went from being a consistent 50-point player for the Habs to scoring 70 points and then 89 points and then 140 points in the next three seasons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and some of that was a trade, too. Like, he, he started out on uh, the Las Vegas team, whatever they were called. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, sorry, Los Angeles. Sorry, the Los Angeles Sharks. Um, and then uh, he was traded... Uh, the next season, um, I mean, the thing is, is like I, I forgot to mention actually the trades, um, but uh, it, it's really like the WJ is so damn confusing because so many franchises folded that he yeah. was like he was traded, um, uh, you know, from uh, uh, from Michigan, Baltimore to Quebec. But like, how the hell did yeah. he get on Michigan, Baltimore? Because uh, he was on. Los Angeles first. I assume yeah, Los Angeles yeah. turned into Michigan Baltimore, but I have no idea because I've, <laughs> I've never actually read a book about the WHA. I would like to. Yeah, um, we should probably do that at some point. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, maybe this. Summer. I mean, to me, I'm I'm okay with him not being in. Um, I think if his numbers were better, like if he had had like a playoff, like if he had been like a top three forward on one of those uh, cup runs. Yeah. Um, I I might be like, uh, well, maybe, but yeah, but this way um so that brings us to our last player yeah (laughs) it is tough um this brings us to our last player who is the reason we're doing this episode uh i've been sort of begging uh uh bill to talk (laughs) about him uh and that is because it's so just to give you some idea uh of the uh the case uh kluche's uh accomplishments and his notes go slightly on to page four um, of of uh, the documents I have, um, and as do uh, Tardif's, uh, but Tremblay's go, you know, well, well on to page four, um, and there's a reason. 
there's a lot to talk about. So uh, J.C. Tremblay played in the NHL from 59 to 72. So he's so that's a full 10 years. His career started a full 10 years before Mark Tardoff's did. Um, 11 of those are quality by our estimation. He scored only 57 goals, but he was a defenseman. So keep that in mind. Uh, when he left for the WHA, he was the eighth defenseman all time in assists. Eighth. Um, it's weird. The hockey reference thing is, is a little messy um, because uh, it it includes Reg Kelly and Doug Moans and Dick Clapper in these stats. And then also, weirdly, it, it seems to include Milt Schmidt. Um, for some reason, Milt Schmidt seems to be listed in their database in one season as a defenseman, even though as far as my research can tell, he never played defense. And so he keeps popping in and polluting the defenseman databases when you're searching for them. Um, so uh, just an FYI, if you go and look this up, you will see a couple guys who, like, Moans played uh, certainly a substantial chunk of his career at forward. Kelly played half his career, or the latter third, one or the other, at forward. And, of course, Dick Clapper also um, played part of his career at forward. That's why I mentioned them. And then um, Milt Schmidt was a forward, so why he's popping up in this data, I don't know. But just know that uh, Toronto Bay is technically 11th in in assists all time as trip to the WHA. But like, I don't, you can't take that seriously because there's these guys ahead of him who played a fair amount of time at forward. Uh, the same thing is true with points. He's eighth all time in points total. Uh, when he left for the WHA, which to me is, is pretty high. Uh, he was also plus 244, which was fifth all time at his departure. Now, nobody knew that at the time, plus minus um, public plus minus figures when uh, Trombley retired, um, which is a little bit later, um, were only available from 68. So nobody actually knew he was plus 44. And that's going to come up uh, in a few episodes as well when we talk about some other uh, defensemen. Um, but he was, and he was the second defenseman um, ever at his as a trip to when he left for the WHA. And the people ahead of him are Bobby Orr, Phil Esposito, Bobby Hall, and Stan Makita. Actually, so that, I guess that makes him the first defenseman. Oh, no, second Bobby Orr. Um, so uh, that's some pretty illustrious company in the plus-minus department. Now he was on the Habs, but still. Uh, he was also 76 in, uh, sorry, 17th in uh, games played among defensemen when he left and he was uh 13th all time in point shares among defensemen. Um, so a top 15 defenseman when he left for the WHA, at least in terms of point shares, he was 11th in uh defensive point shares total among all players. And he was 15th among defensemen and offensive point shares. Again, this is painting him as like a top 10, top 15 offensive defenseman when he went to the WHA. So that's interesting. Uh, in terms of um, per game stuff, he was sixth all time among defensemen assists per game, which is uh, quite high. That obviously some of that has to come from the the league offense exploding right before he left for the WHA. But still, you can't really help when you're born. Uh, if we lower the qualifiers for goals and points, so the qualifies, he was fourth all time in points per game uh, among defensemen. Um, or eighth, depending on you, you calculate it because the people ahead of him were Red Kelly, uh, Milt Schmidt, who again doesn't belong, Dick Clapper, Pierre Pilote, and uh, Doug Harvey. So um, only a couple of those, only three of those guys, uh, two of those guys actually, I think. Um, oh, I think one of these is supposed to be Bill Gadsby actually. Um, 
only three of the people ahead of him on the list actually played their entire careers at defense. So points per game wise, he's one of the uh, elite pre or offensive defensemen, despite only scoring 57 goals. Um, and so that's interesting as well. Of the 11 defensemen, including uh, Mons, unfortunately, uh, to play in at least 656 games um, or eight modern seasons between 59 and 72, Tremblay is six. Uh, in goals he is uh eighth in goals per game though he obviously wouldn't qualify he's second in assists he's second in assists per game those are only three qualifying players um he's second in points he's second in points per game so offensively he was one of the best offensive defense uh best defensemen of his era very very close to being the best um and uh you know the only person ahead of him i believe if i'm not mistaken is tim horton but it might have been doug harvey don't quite remember. He's also first in plus minus by a whopping plus 57, which is just like a ton. Um, he was third in offensive point shares, second in defensive point shares, and second in total point shares. So by point shares, which we understand is a flawed metric, but still it's a value metric, he is the second best defenseman of his era. The man is not in the Hall of Fame, just saying. Um, 82 game average of 38 points plus 25. Plus 25. And 8.4 point shares, of course, those are that's lower than you might expect for an entire uh, career. Um, I don't know if that's something to do with the way they're calculated. His three-year peak, notably, um, 69-72, so when the league was exploding in offense. But it's also worth noting that his best seasons by both points per game and point shares are more than three years apart, which happens a lot when we do this. His uh, three-year peak is a 78-game average of 50 points plus 27, which is pretty great for a defenseman. Yes, the league was uh, exploding in points, but it's still um, notable that pre-1980s that he was doing that. Playoff-wise, he is either the – he's probably the second D uh, all-time in terms of playoff goals at his departure to the WHA. He is behind Red Kelly. Um, Bobby Orr and Doug Mons. So, you know, just Bobby Orr. Uh, he was third um, in playoff assists behind only Doug Harvey and Pierre Pelot. Uh He was third in playoff points among defensemen behind only um, Doug Harvey and Bobby Orr. And he was third in playoff uh, plus minus behind Orr and Dallas Smith, who, of course, were just uh, Dallas Smith was literally Orr's uh, defense partner. So basically the only non-Bruin. <laughs> you know, um, of that that era. He was also ninth all time in play, playoff games among defensemen per game. Um, his numbers were uh, third all time in playoff assists per game behind only Oren Pelot, and the same for playoff points per game behind only Oren Pelot. Um, so again, this is pretty impressive to me. Anyway, uh, he doesn't qualify for the goals per game leaderboard, of course. But if we lowered it uh, low enough, he was ninth all time in. in uh, playoff goals per game among defensemen um it's uh you know the goal it was clearly assists not uh goals that were her thing of the 31 defensemen uh to play in at least 41 playoff games between 59 and 72 he is second in playoff goals third in playoff goals per game behind uh well anyway the usual suspects or implode uh first in playoff assists tied though i think with Bobby Orr. Third in playoff points per game, second in playoff points. Um, sorry, third in playoff assists per game. My apologies. Uh, third in playoff points per game. 
as well. Third in playoff plus minus and second in playoff games played. This is again among defensemen, but still he is uh, one of the best offensive defensemen of his era in the playoffs as well. The uh, hockey reference adjustment for era doesn't change his numbers. He's a 38 point player per 82 games. Obviously he doesn't qualify for any per game um, leaderboards for the adjustment and versus X doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't apply because he didn't score enough because he was a defenseman in the 60s. He was never traded. Okay. So that is his NHL career. Looks pretty good. Uh, he then, um, he was at, I can't remember exactly how old he was when he went to the WHA, but he, he, I guess maybe the Habs were like not interested in paying him more money or something because he was 34, 33, 34. And so he went to the WHA when they started, and he played seven seasons, six of which we uh, we say quality by points per game because the WHA doesn't use point shares. They haven't been calculated, so we can't really tell you. He is the fifth D all-time in uh, in total goals in WHA history behind uh, a bunch of people you've never heard of, and well, and one guy you've heard of only because of his dad. So those people are Kevin Morrison, Ken Baird, Joe Norris, and Marty Howe. That's Norris with one R. Um, however, he is second all time, as we mentioned with Cardiff, uh, in of any players in assists um, behind Andre Lacroix. Now he's behind by 189, but still he's a defenseman. He is also the first defenseman all time in terms of points. Um and that's 420 points in 454 games. He's almost a point-per-game player as a defenseman in the WHA. He's also uh, 21st all-time in plus-minus. In terms of per game, he's fifth all-time in goals per game among defensemen behind uh, Norris Baird, Morrison, and Mark Howe's brother, Marty. He's first all-time in assists per game among defensemen, I believe is by a significant amount, but I don't quite remember. And he's second all-time in points per game among defensemen behind Joe Norris with one R. Um you know, we obviously we have to take this stuff with a bit of a grain of salt because the guys ahead of him we've never heard of. Uh, but like Trombley has a pretty good NHL career. So his 80 game average is 74 points plus 11. It's worth noting that plus 11 is who knows because the WHA didn't always uh, record goal differential. Um, but still, 74 points per 80 games uh, in the NHL would be extremely impressive for a defenseman. Obviously, he's in a different league. His three-year peak is 79 points per 80, uh, 78 games rather, so slightly above a point per game, and a zero. Again, uh, we don't actually know what those real numbers were because for two of those three seasons they weren't tracking uh, goal differential. Playoff-wise, uh, he only scored two goals in the playoffs in 34 games, but he's sixth all-time among defensemen in playoff goals. He is also sixth all-time among defensemen in playoff points, and he was 19th all-time in games. He's a plus four. Per game, he's uh, third all-time in, in playoff assists per game behind uh, Tommy Bergman, Michael Ford. I don't know who these people are. Um, and he's uh, fourth all-time in, in playoff points per game among defensemen with uh, behind Michael Poor, uh, Ford again, uh, Powell, Powell, Popiel, and Jim Dory, people none of us have ever heard of, I'm pretty sure. So... That's his career, his accomplishments. He was top five in voting in Norris voting five times, five times. Um, and also I wanted to mention that when I did many, many years ago, when I did my Norris project, reevaluating the Norris on my old blog, uh, I gave him the Norris in uh, 
1966 and 1968, but that was before the public plus minus data was available for those years. So I don't know if that would change. I haven't redone the calculations, um, but he finished second in 68 and he finished fourth in uh, 66. He also finished third in 71. Um, you know, he was people people get a little revisionist with Tremblay. Like if you go on the the history of hockey forum and hockey's future, they will say like people will say, oh, he didn't. He didn't get, he didn't play power um, penalty kills and stuff, and and uh, you know they'll say all sorts of things about him to justify him not being in the Hall of Fame. But I just wanted to mention he was top five in Norris five uh, Norris voting five times because that to me says the writers feel differently than people on the internet do. So I want to mention it. He was a first team All Star once. He was a second team All Star once. It's weird to me that you could finish second in Norris voting and be a second team All Star. I don't understand that, but he did. He was also in seven All Star games. Uh, defensive point shares, hockey references of measure of value for uh, uh, defensemen, um, ranks him as the best defensive player in the NHL three separate occasions. In 62, when he did not receive a Norris vote. In 64, when he did not receive a Norris vote. And 68. Now, obviously, uh, defensive point shares are far from perfect, but we do now have the gold inferential information, which helps. We don't have ice time. That is second most ever behind only Chris Chelios and Bobby Orr. I just wanted to mention that. He was also top five uh, four times and top ten seven times uh, in his career. Um, he's also, uh, he was top ten assists twice, top ten in assists per game once. Uh, he was one of only two D ever to have 50 assists twice at his departure to the WHA. The only other player to do that, Bobby Orr. Obviously, Bobby Orr scored more than 50 assists. Um, he was also one of only 3D ever to have 60 points once when he went to the WHA. Those are Orrin Park. Those records would soon be uh, just blown up, but, you know, he wasn't around to see it. And he was one of only 5D ever to have 50 points twice. Those uh, D are uh, Orr, Pilot, and Pat Stapleton. He was top five and plus minus three times. He was top ten six times, which is tied for the fifth most all time in the WHA. Excuse me. This is long. Um, he won the WHA Norris twice in 73 and 75. He was a first team all-star three times, which is tied most all time among all players for uh, uh, end of uh, uh, all, um, end of season all-star awards with Andre Lacroix, Bobby Hull, Mark Tardif, Anders Hedberg, and somebody named Schmier, who I've never heard of. <laughs> Which, you know, a goalie, I think you got to say, uh, probably. Um, he was also a second-team All-Star once. He scored 15 goals once, which in the WHA isn't much of anything. He led the WHA in assists twice, uh, tied with Andre Lacroix for doing that the most. He led the WHA assists per game once. He was top 10 four times. Um, he also had 80 points twice in the WHA. All right. Lastly, his great teams. He won some cups, you may be aware, because he was on the Habs. He was uh, the best skater by points on the 66 Canadians. And I'm just going to pull them up for a second because uh, this is an interesting thing. So the 66 Canadians, he had 11 points in 10 games, outscoring Belovo, I'd like to point out. Um, and and in in this particular uh, series, this is a very very early days of the Consmith. Um, I I think this might be the one that uh, Crozier won as Consmith. 
let me just see. Uh, they beat Detroit, so that sounds right. Um, so in in '66, they gave um, for reasons that uh, no one understands. Uh, they gave Roger Crozier the Conn Smythe, and so let me just tell you what Roger Crozier's numbers are for this playoff run. He played 12 games with a record of six and five. Um, with a 914 save percentage and a 234, G- 234 GAA, his backup who filled in for him once or lo- and lost a game had a 933 uh, save percentage and uh, a 222 GAA. Now he barely played, but he did outperform Crozier when he was in um, when he did briefly play. I've never heard of him, Hank Basson, Gump Worsley, who was the Habs goalie had a 931 save percentage and a 199 GAA. So to me, given that the Habs won, the Conn Smythe is Worsley's probably. But if you were to find another candidate for the Conn Smythe this season, who is a skater, without knowing ice time, you might want to pick the guy who led the Habs in scoring that playoffs in J.C. Trombley. I'm not saying he deserved it. I think Worsley did, but he's like the second best choice. Crozier is not the right choice. I think it's fairly clear. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you exactly you uh you like it's it's a bizarre con it's one of the worst cons my th- I think uh decisions in uh in history I, I think probably um he uh he had one shutout in 12 games and he was just like you know he led the he led the playoffs in minutes okay but like they didn't win and a 9.14 save percentage in the 60s is uh it's nothing so I just want to mention that. Uh, these weird historical accidents sometimes affect people's legacies. He also uh, was the best defenseman by uh, points. He led the playoffs in assists in the 65 Canadians the season before. He also led the playoffs in plus minus and was the best defenseman as far as we can tell by points on the 68 Canadians who also won as well as the Canadians in 67 who lost uh, to the Leafs. He was also the best defenseman by points on uh, the 71 Habs. Uh, he was top two by points among uh, defensemen on the 69 Canadians uh, who also won. I'm just going to pull up. Uh, I think that might have been Serge Savard outscoring him that year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was indeed Serge Savard who outscored him that year. And then um, he also, uh, you know, he... He early in his career, he well, he you know he made another run up in '62, um, where he's top two D by uh, points as well. Um, and then he won an Avco Cup in the uh, WHA, where he was the best defenseman by points. One moment, sorry, I really need a cough button. Um, and he also uh, was the best uh, by points on the 75 Nordiques. So, again, he's sharing teams with uh, Kluge and Tardif. So I guess that could have been the theme, uh, guys who played on the WHA Nordiques. And he missed 10 of 11 games on a conference finals team in 78. Which may be one reason why they didn't advance. So I know we don't have ice time. So using points to evaluate defensemen's positions on um, Stanley Cup champions is, you know, not perfect. And if we had ice time, maybe we could say something different about his role. But there are people out there who want you to believe that a guy who was the best defenseman, as far as I can tell, without watching film, on um, four 
Montreal teams that won Stanley Cups. So any other player in in NHL history who's done that is in the Hall of Fame. I'm pretty sure. There are people who believe that this man shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because he dared to go to the WHA, where he was the best defenseman in the league for a couple of years. The reason I wanted to talk about him is because, to me, this is one of the most egregious omissions in Hall of Fame history. I never watched him play. I was not alive when he retired. But, I mean, I don't know. This, to me, is the resume of a person who belongs in the Hall of Fame. It's better than so many guys we've talked about. What do you feel like, Bill? Do you, do you agree? Do you think you want to push back? Um, no, I, I think he's got a pretty decent case, you know. It's uh, but but for me, it's the it's the NHL stuff that doesn't. Yeah, sort of like absolutely sort of says like you know what this guy was legit, and then when he went to another league, he was you know pretty dominant. You know, like it's it's it wasn't like the other guys don't have compelling. Uh, NHL cases, and I feel like if he had stayed in the NHL, he would. Like, I it, feel like if he had stayed in the NHL, he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I I, I think you're 100% right. I just want to point out, the year he finished second in Norris voting, he he finished to Bobby Orr, and that was the year that Bobby Orr won his first Norris, when a lot of people don't think he actually should have won. It was, he was, he was just, people were just shocked. He actually only played 46 games. Wow. Um, and uh, people were so impressed by him that they couldn't help themselves. But I've heard, I've seen a lot of people on the internet say that they think if there's one Norris Trophy he didn't deserve, it was, it's that one. And so one of the things that frustrates me about the Hall of Fame in general, and particularly about this this instance, is like this guy might have, if voters had felt a little differently twice, he might have won at least one Norris, maybe two, and he might have won a Conn Smythe. I mean, it's not the Conn Smythe's unlikely. If he do, if that happens, this guy's in the Hall of Fame immediately, even with the WHA. But he doesn't, and now the fact that he went to the WHA is some slight or something, is some terrible thing that he did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I'm. I really don't imagine. I mean, I didn't actually do the research, but I can't imagine that someone who was had this important role on four cups, four cups, four of the <laughs> five he won, um, uh, especially cups from partially in the original six era. I can't yeah. imagine that anyone else who's done that is not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's yeah. the way the hall works. The guys who had like who were top six forwards and top four defensemen on Stanley Cups are in the Hall of Fame. Some of them, you know, yeah. like it's it's uh, I mean, this is the reason I wanted to do this episode. It's because to me and I understand there's some people there are people out there, like I mentioned before, there are people out there who try to say he wasn't that good. It's like it's the points. He wasn't actually a great player. But yeah. I don't know how many of these people were actually alive when he was playing for one thing. <laughs> and secondly, yeah. like. We don't have ice time. If the only thing for me, the only thing that would make me change my mind here is if someone comes along and shows that he was playing top four minutes on these Montreal teams, not yeah. top two. And if he was, then I'm like, okay, for sure. I agree. Yeah. He's borderline or doesn't belong. But given that he led all Montreal defensemen in, in scoring on four separate cups over the period of six years, um, I just, it's, and, and he led the team. He outscored Belleville one year. Um, I wow. mean, it's yeah. just like, it's crazy to me that people are just like, well, you know, like, he just, they're like, I honestly, I'm, as you know, as you know, Bill, the audience maybe doesn't, I'm, I'm very interested in psychology. And um, 
there's a I, the name of the bias is escaping me right now, but like there's a cognitive bias that that causes us to um, like post hoc rationalize things that we grew up with. So like yeah. so one reason why we're we're often very likely to defend uh, the choices of institutions that have existed for a long time uh, prior to our existence is just because oh, actually it might just be status quo bias, but like is because we know them and we're familiar with them and we're on, you know, this, this was a decision that has been made by people who, you know, essentially like they decided not to induct him in 82 and have since, you know, he would have been eligible in 82. Um, and ever since, you know, so 40 years they've, they've decided he, he doesn't belong. And so that's a lot of weight to be saying like, well, this was a correct decision. But like, I just, I, I boggles my mind because, uh, you know, the guy won five Stanley Cups. He was an important player on four of them. Yeah. He might, he, he, the second, he would be my second choice for Conn Smythe on one of them. Um, again, five Norris Trophy top five finishes, uh, one top two, one top three. Yeah, and I mean he's he's playing in the Bobby Orr era too, so it's like yep. you're in, basically instantly you're not getting yes. it. So if you finish two, it's almost like winning a regular Norris. Right? That's a like, very good point. That's know? a very good point. Three of those top five finishes are when Bobby Orr was in the league. Yeah, that's a very yeah. good point. And, and yep. Brad, you know, so like, well, kind of like what we said about Brad Park, right? Like, yep. he's just he played in the wrong era. Otherwise, you got to say he probably has at least one or two Norrises. Um, you know, just his career happened to span across two of the great D-men of all time uh, with yep. uh, Orr and Potvin. But you got to figure if Orr's not there, you've got Brad Park and Tardif probably winning, um, probably winning some of those, right? Like so. Well, I mean, I think I think he absolutely has a case in '68. Um, I thought he did it in '66 back when uh, back when I did that calculation. But like I said, I didn't have a plus minus at the time. He finished behind a teammate so it's quite possible that like he didn't deserve it that's the Jacques Laperriere year but like I don't I really don't know I wasn't alive I haven't watched film you know I don't know uh who played more I mean for me ice time is a really good proxy of value and one of the frustrating things about the NHL is we don't have ice time before 1998 so like you know I don't and I don't have the time to sit back and watch the entire 66 NHL season, you know? Yeah. Um, so to me, points are a shitty proxy for a defenseman, but they're better than nothing. And certainly yeah. they're better than like dude on the internet telling me that Trombley w- wasn't good in his own end. I, I mean, agree. I don't like, what do you know, dude on the internet? Were you alive in 1966? I mean, maybe you were, <laughs> but like the fact <laughs> that you're actively participating in a forum on the internet says that if you were alive in 1966, you probably weren't very old because most people who actively participate in forums likely not adults in 1966, just going to throw yeah. that out there. My parents don't participate in online forums. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, and also like the fact that he has no, he, his one, uh, he has only one first team all-star, but he finished second in Norris voting and was a second team defenseman yeah. is just like one of those historical accidents that like seems to have fucked him, you know, like, uh, it's so what 66, um, it was like Pelote is the first team that year and Le Perrier, those seem totally reasonable except for, um, you know, that, um, he somehow, uh, finished, <laughs> wait, I'm off by one. Sorry. I think it was 68 actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Tim Horton, that Tim Horton was old and I, I love Tim Horton. I mean, not that I watched him play, but like, 
as a you know as a trying to get into hockey history i mean i think he had a fantastic career but it you know at 68 that might have been a little more of a you know pat on the back yeah anyway i think that this is a guy more than many who has been punished by some fluke fluke is maybe the wrong word but some voting choices that were made uh that we don't even know about anymore because we don't know how people made decisions and like, had they gone a little bit differently a few times, he's uh, he's very clearly in the Hall of Fame, even with the the terrible decision to go to the WHA. I agree, yeah. And then you have the fact that he was, yes, he was in his late thirties, but like he just dominated in the WHA offensively. I have no idea what his defense was like. How the hell do you know? I mean, he was a plus player in the years they counted, yeah. but like, who knows? He was minus fourteen once, but that was the Nordiques were. Uh, it was a bad year for the Nordiques, I think. Anyway, um, the rest of the time is like plus forty. Um, I don't know. I to me, this is this is one that's just really. It's the one. It's I, listen. He he bears no comparison to Bobby Hall, but he does have a a similar career arc in the sense that he was an excellent excellent player in the NHL, and then he went to the WHA late in his career and was an excellent player in the WHA. Yeah, and that is not true of Tardif. It's not true of Kluche. It's not true of Hedberg and Nilsson, who obviously didn't play in the NHL uh, before. But like, he's like, aside from Bobby Hall and Gordy Howe, he and, and I guess Mark Howe, uh, who didn't play pre WHA, of course, because he's too yeah. young. Um, he's the only other person I'm aware of who who spent a significant chunk of their career in the WHA, but who had an NHL career to match. Or in case, yeah. in this case, better. Yeah, and 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 uh, a, a thing that happens sometimes too, that we sort of forget, is that the Habs were so damn good. Yeah. That if you were a great like second line player for them, winning four or five cups doesn't necessarily like you're not necessarily getting a number retired. You're not. Yeah. Getting into well, the Hall of Claude, Fame because you're Claude sort of Pro part of the collective, right? Like you're almost yeah. punished for being on such a great team because you don't stand out the way the other guys do. When we were uh, when we were prepping uh trying to make a decision about who to play on this or to talk about it on the show there are a bunch of Hab- guys who have won many cups with the habs who had minor we've already talked about claude provost in a previous episode but you know and we thought about talking about ralph balkstrom who also won a bunch of cups with the habs but there were other guys too who'd won like five who just like have like otherwise no like you said bill they're not getting their numbers retired like they have no um real outstanding achievements in the nhl um and that's normal most most teams you know let's say most nhl teams except for like the new ones that have just arrived have i would say at least three or four numbers retired yeah usually only one of those guys would be would have a a retired habs number and maybe not even yeah like i'm thinking of vancouver right they've got a bunch of jerseys retired i think only beret would have his jersey retired by the habs and even then that's a bit of a stretch because they're like sort of gatekeepers of that, right? Like you yeah, have to yeah, have absolutely. won cups. You have to have like, you know, won Rocket Richard trophies and have won Art Rosses. And like you, like it's it's a pretty demanding list to get. That's a way more exclusive club than the actual Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. Like having your jersey retired by the Habs is, as far as I'm concerned, the most exclusive hockey club of just like if you have your number up there, you were something else because their yeah. standards are so high. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I've finished my rant. So, how do you yeah. feel with the cases? Do you feel about how do you feel about Kluge? Uh, 
Uh, no, but I, I'd listen over a beer, but I'm going to have to go with no. Yeah, I'm, I'm with no. What about Tardif? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I'd even only have to listen over half a beer, but I, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, the, the, the cups help. Um, the fact that he was, you know, sort of a solid player on a, on a, on a really good team, um, you know, maybe overshadowed by some of the other players. Maybe I could stretch it a bit. His numbers are really good, but in the WHA, but yeah, I don't know, two cups and two, but the thing is the hearts are, you know, in, in, a, in an inferior league. So it makes it yeah. hard. Um, yeah, yeah, it's tough. I'm going to say no. Um, I'm going to say no as well, but like, I'm I would be more open to listening to someone tell talk to me about it than Kluche. Yeah. Uh, but I think you're absolutely right. Like, honestly, like I said before, if he's a top three forward by points, or especially if he led, you know, if he'd led one of those teams in points in the NHL in the playoffs, then I might be more open, but he didn't. And, uh, yeah. Uh, lastly, Trombley. Uh, I think yes. Yeah. I, uh, I really, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I really would like someone who strongly believes Trombley doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame to, like, uh, you know, either tweet at us or, uh, post on our yeah. Facebook page about like why, because I don't yeah. know why the only thing I can come up with is the WHA uh, is yeah. a bad thing. How dare he do that? Yeah. And that's an I, opinion. That's I, dumb. I, I know a lot of people in Montreal are pretty high on him and think that he, he should be in the hall of fame. So yeah, like I've, I mean, I've, I've heard just... that before from some, some older people who watched him play, who firmly believe that he should be in there. Yeah. There, um, there are Habs who are in the hall of fame. who didn't have as good a career as Trombley did. Yeah. And there are yeah. Course, plenty of other NHL players who didn't have as good an NHL career as Trombley did, who were in the Hall of Fame. It feels like maybe he's being punished for the WHA thing, but yeah. uh, maybe just... Which 50 years he, later doesn't make a whole lot of sense, eh? Like, yeah, it's well, been 50 and, years, and let's get over get it. sometimes you get that push, right? Like, yeah, sort yeah, of, yeah. you know? Yeah. Sometimes a lot of people grew up uh, sort of like, yeah, there's enough Habs in there. Come on, another one? Get out of here. Like, yeah, yeah. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. But he's, uh, I mean, his case is, like I said, if Ice Time, if someone can find Ice Time and come back and say, all those good Habs teams he was on, he was playing top four minutes. I'm willing to look at it and, and change my mind. But, like, we don't have that information right in front of us. So until that happens, I, I think this is one of the more egregious oversights in their history. Yeah, in terms I, of I, not I think Trombley's got a good case. I, yeah. I, he, he, he would get my vote. Like, you know, you could try to talk me out of it kind of thing. But I, th- I think I'd lean, lean, lean towards yes, and you'd really have to convince me. Same with you. Um, I, I, I called him Tardif before. I don't know why. Probably because I'm doing other things. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew what you meant. Uh, I think everyone yes. knew what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's it for us uh, this episode. And uh, next next episode, I guess we'll either have the class of uh, 81 or we will go back to our uh, all-time list one or the other. We haven't figured it out yet, but uh, hopefully you will tune in there. And thanks for listening to this one and uh, indulging me in my Trombley rant, which I've been waiting to unleash for <laughs> A very long time. So we'll see you next time. You're very welcome. Take care. Bye-bye.